You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. What's up, football fans? Welcome back. It's another episode of The Pick'em Show. As you know, I ran out of time, completely forgot to do this last week. Almost ran out of time and wasn't able to do it this week. But I'm here, I'm gonna do it, and we're gonna start off where week four started off, and that's at Lambeau Field where the Detroit Lions went into Green Bay and whoop that ass. That's right. It's the Pick'em Show. Hello, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining me again, if you did. Sorry I missed last week. Just ran out of time. Almost ran out of time this week. It's 7.30 on Saturday. There's barely enough time to do this show, but we're going to do it anyway. The picks did not stop last week just because... I didn't do the show. Didn't have a great week. Went nine and seven. Um, went ten and six against the spread, though. So that's better. Still suck against the over. I don't even remember at this point. It's just how many games below 500 am I going to be on the over under? Uh, Kristen went nine and seven. Ridley forgot to do her picks last week too. Yeah, it was just a mess. At least I got all that stuff sorted. We're going to get into it. But before we do. It's time to recap the Thursday night game. After review, the result of the play is first and 15. So yeah, as you heard at the open of this show, can't sugarcoat it. The Packers got their asses whipped in Green Bay. Uh, This was a game where I picked the Lions to win by two. They covered easily, so I got the W on that. Got the minus two. And I ended up taking the over as well, so I got that too. Uh, But really, this was a game where Detroit really just beat them down. I mean, this game was 27-3 at the half. And if you had read the preview on uh, the shiest.com, I had to mix in the recap for week three. But it was on a Thursday, so I previewed the Thursday game, which I did all last season. I'm really solid at the Thursday games for some reason. But this was a game where I looked at the rosters. I saw the offensive line injuries to the Packers. And knowing how good the Detroit pass rush is, I knew it was going to be a big problem for Green Bay. And Jordan Love ended up getting sacked five times, intercepted twice. He threw a touchdown, but realistically, you know, without their offensive line, Bakhtiari went back on IR, and they weren't going to be able to run the ball. Aaron Jones did not do well. AJ didn't. AJ Dillon didn't do well. 
And then on the other side of the ball, I mean, Detroit was dealing with some injuries as well, but uh, the balance of power was definitely in their hands. And it took a while, I think, to get going, but they just started to wear him down. And David Montgomery being like the workhorse back that he is at 32 carries, 121 yards, three touchdowns. So realistically, just like fantasy dominant. Like Jared Goff didn't even have to play that great of a game. 19-28, 210, touchdown and a pick. Uh, he did okay, but it was really their defense putting them in a good position over and over again. And Montgomery, you know, they would get into scoring range and uh, he picked up those short yardage touchdowns and it just seemed like he was just lighting them up. I mean, they, they had a deep strike to uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think it's like a 24-25 yard touchdown to go up in the first quarter after they had given up the field goal to go down 3 nothing. But, you know, after they scored that touchdown, they never looked back. Uh, and so, as suspected, this Green Bay team is not great. Uh, I've, I've felt that this defense has been overrated for a long time. Granted, Detroit has a very good offense. They were one of the best offenses in the league last year. But I keep feeling like year in and year out with this particular group of guys in Green Bay, more or less, I've heard that, like, these guys are... An elite defense and you know I, I don't even think they're a good defense I think they're a middle-of-the-road defense and it showed um, but what are you gonna do I don't even know what there is to say like Jordan Love has not looked great as the new starter and he had one of his like more efficient nights and I, there's just not much to go on with Green Bay they can't hang their hat on defense I think their win over the Saints was fraudulent you know and so in breaking down this game, I said, I think Detroit's going to get out to a lead. And then as soon as there's opportunity at some point later in the game, there's going to be some questionable flags that come in. And boy, we're there. I mean, first there was uh, an illegal hands to the face call. I think it was against Hutchinson, uh, but not a hands to the face. He grabbed the shoulder pad. And so he it looked like it was up in the head and neck area. But it was not to the face at all. The referee should have been able to pick up that flag. And realistically, like, if, what's the point of instant replay if we're going to have those kind of bad calls impacting games? And then on that same drive, like a play or two later, they flagged, I think it was uh, Anzalone, with a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit, which, again, it was not a helmet-to-helmet -helmet hit. Like, yes, it's high. Yes, it's sort of at the shoulder area. He does lower the helmet. But this is not like leading with the crown of the helmet type of hit. It's not a targeting the head type of hit. So just another really soft call. And just like that, you've got, you know, 25 yards. Green Bay ends up scoring a touchdown on that drive to cut the lead to 27-11 at that point. And then here's the momentum, you know, Detroit punts. It's looking like maybe they're in trouble. And then maybe Green Bay is going to get back in it. And Al Michaels is talking about how... Green Bay might have a chance in this game and you know you never know you saw what happened last week but you're right I did see what happened last week and they were down what 17-3 in the fourth quarter in that game and there was a drive where they just kept throwing bad flags and moved Green Bay right down the field had them score and then momentum did the rest Jameis Winston was in for an injured Derek Carr and so like New Orleans was out of sync and then New Orleans misses the field goal that would have won the game anyway so Green Bay Green Bay skated on that one and I knew they got lucky in that game and I knew that Detroit's a lot better than New Orleans is and so it was just a bad recipe like 
if last year Detroit had gone into Green Bay at the end of the season and lost, then okay, maybe this is a big game for them. But they went in there last year against an Aaron Rodgers-led Packers team, and they beat them in Green Bay and ended Green Bay season. So like there was nothing to fear here. They knew they were the better team, and this was just more of a statement game than anything. Like the Vikings are 0-3 at this point, and who knows? They might they may go 0-4. Um, but the Vikings finishing 13-4 and four is basically not a possibility anymore. The Lions being 3-1 and one now, they're out ahead of this division. Uh, the Bears suck. The Packers are not very good. So, I mean, I think the Vikings are still the second-best team in the division. They just really haven't hit their stride. They've had some tough games early on and, uh, you know, a couple close losses too. So, I think once Minnesota, the schedule levels out a little bit, like they'll get back in it. They'll definitely be like a wild card type of team. They may even beat Detroit heads up, sort of like they did last year that helped them out, but that was a close game too. So I'm still looking forward to see how that division plays out between those two. But, you know, at this point, I just, I don't see it from the Packers. So it's a long season. They should get better. You know, Jordan Love really hasn't played a whole lot of starting uh, NFL football at this point so this is essentially like close to a rookie season for him even though I think he's been in the league for two years behind Rodgers so it's like yeah he learned a lot but did he did he is he going to be able to play the game in a way that uh, is going to make Green Bay competitive like you know when you had Aaron Rodgers you knew at least you had Aaron Rodgers and that you got a guy with a lot of fourth quarter comebacks. As long as you have the ball in your hands, you have a chance kind of thing. But this is like, man, Green Bay got punched in the mouth early in that game. Didn't respond. Looked like shit. Didn't adjust. And just continued to get dominated the whole game. Ended up being 34-20. The game was never that close, though. Uh, completely one-sided. Ass-whooping, as I said at the beginning. But you know what? It's time to move on to the rest of the games because there's a whole bunch on deck. And I really want to get to them. Two minutes to win it. Okay, so what's first? Falcons at Jaguars. Okay, Falcons-Jags. This is the London game. Ugh, I'm debating, like, do I want to wake up for this game? Realistically, no. Uh, but, eh, no. I don't want to get up for this game. I'll Maybe I'll wake up at 8 and watch the last little bit of it, but... This is a game that the Jags definitely should win. I mean, I think they're the better team than Atlanta, but losing to Houston last week was definitely a stinker. But both of these teams got sort of one-sidedly beat last week, so I just have to look at talent. And I think aside, aside from Robinson, who's like a super effective talent for the Falcons, like Ritter is not... Uh, at the top of his position. I don't think London or Pitts are playing at the top of their position either, and that's not necessarily indicative of their skill. It's just the way things are right now. So unless they can become like a fully functional all-around offense, then I think they're going to struggle with the Jags because, you know, the Jags got a couple of losses that they know they shouldn't have had. Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback here. Uh, they've got a pretty good running game of their own. They've got the better passing attack. Just, I don't know why this game is considered so close. I think just if I trust my gut here, Jacksonville plays that London game a lot. They know what the travel is like. They know that they got to win this game. I think they do. So Jacksonville minus three, but over 42 and a half. I think I like that. What is next? Dolphins at Bills. 
I'm surprised bills are in, in the Yahoo app saying that Dolphins are favored to win. Well, they did score 70 points last week. Yeah, but against Denver? That's not the Bills. That's true. It's not the Bills. Bills have a good defense. Uh, I see that this game is in Buffalo, too, so little bit of extra help for them. They're favored by two and a half, over under a 53 and a half. I think both of these teams score so much. I mean, yes, I expect it to be physical. I expect it to be a hard-fought division game. This is the opposite of the hot weather game in Miami last year, as this one is in Buffalo early in the year. But, you know, the first place in the AFC East is on the line. Uh... Both of these teams have scored quite a bit this season. Um, the Bills are, what, 56 points, point differential? And uh, Dolphins are at 58, 59, something like that. So huge point differential between, you know, your opponents in this. So both of these offenses are explosive. From what I've seen, though, the Bills defense is way better. Uh, so I think that will at least keep things a little bit more in check. Bills aren't giving up 70 points in this game, but the Bills have struggled with the speed of Tyreek Hill in the past. The Dolphins burned them for some big games in the past as well with Waddle and Tua. So it's really going to be on the Bills defensive front to not just get pressure, but get interior pressure to move Tua off of that first read because they use the motion really well. They use their uh, RPO looks really well. So they disguise it and they throw right behind it quickly. So if the Bills can get that interior pressure and sort of disrupt that look, then they'll have a much better chance. Honestly, I would not be surprised if the Dolphins won this game. Wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won this game. I mean, if the Bills win, both these teams are three and one. They would have the head to head. It's gonna be a, a nice day outside. Bills favored by two and a half is maybe a little chunky in a game like this where there's probably going to be some two-point conversions there might even be like a missed field goal here or there and some of that stuff i know a lot of their games have been close so if i could buy it up to like three and a half then i would maybe take the dolphins to cover but the two and a half is kind of like juicy so I'll take the Bills to win by a field goal, and we'll say over 53 and a half. What's next? Broncos at Bears. Oh, Lord. There's a game that none of us want to watch. Um, but let's see. You got two of the worst teams in football. Uh, God. And, I mean, I got to think that Denver, after giving up 70 points, is going to find some kind of way to look better than that and you know Russell Wilson has not been playing poorly this season but it's been their defense like this is a defense that I thought was overrated last year too everyone was saying oh they're elite they're the best defense in the league for a while and I never bought into it you know because a lot of it is schedule and you know the Bills suffered from this a couple years ago too where it's like their defense was good but they played a lot of bad teams so it made their defense look better than it actually was uh so I think that's kind of what happened to Denver is they got to look good against mediocrity and uh, now they're kind of paying for it. So I think if it comes down to it, 
I've got to think that Russell Wilson is going to slightly outduel Justin Fields, but uh, you never know. You just never know when these two teams are this bad. It's in Chicago. Both teams are 0-3. I'll definitely take, let me see, two bad defenses. I'm taking the over of 46.5. Denver, 3.5 points. Ugh, Denver's burned me so many times. I could see this game being close, but at, at that number, I'll, I'll take Denver because they're going to come out and try to redeem themselves from that embarrassment. What is next? Ravens at Browns. All right. Well, at least here we get a couple of two and one teams playing for the top of the AFC North. After seeing how the Ravens lost the last game, I have a lot of questions about their like strategic identity. Like they, they botched the end of that last game so bad against the Colts that it's really hard for me to trust them against a better defense in Cleveland, an offense that has scored more points than them, and a defense that has given up less points. Even without Nick Chubb, I mean, you got Kyle Hamilton questionable, Williams questionable, Marlon Humphrey's out, David Ajabo is out. It's just going to be a, a tall hill to climb for the Ravens, you know. I don't know. I just it's really hard for me to trust them. Got over under of 39 and what should be a pretty good defensive game, but you know, they they both mostly score in the 20s, so I think 39 is kind of low. I'll take the over cuz I don't want to watch these two teams play a game where the total score is less than 39 between the two. So I think they can both get and get close enough to 20 where even if it's a 23 17 game we get over by a point so fingers crossed but i gotta go with cleveland minus two and a half okay what's next Bengals at titans the question is did the Bengals wake up after their win last week they got chase very involved uh he had a good one You've got Tennessee missing Elijah Mould in a corner. Luke Grifford at linebacker is out. Luke Gifford, I should say. Uh, Nicholas petit Frere, he's on reserve suspension, I guess. Danico Autry's questionable. Tart's questionable in the middle. So, it just... I mean, Cincinnati should win. Cincinnati's the better team. Uh, they've got the better offensive pedigree, but... The Titans are a team that, like, if you mess up against, then they punish you. And it's going to be hard to rely on Joe Mixon against a really good run defense. But this is also, like, a bad passing defense. It gives up 300 yards a game. So it, it should be a favorable spot for Burrow. You know, they didn't look great against the Rams, but i think if the more they start to hit their stride the more they start to sort of become the Bengals over the course of the season and everybody's healthy as long as he doesn't leave the game uh with an injury this is a game that they probably should win um i mean this is a game that they found a way to win in the playoffs a couple years ago a game that they probably shouldn't have won i think bro got sacked nine times in that game and they still won so I mean, if they can win under those circumstances, then they should be favored here. Just Ryan Tannehill has not looked good. He's 
that contract they juiced him up on a couple of years ago after he showed up and sort of like saved the day for the Titans, gave him a chance to be a playoff team again. Yeah, that ship has sailed. I don't know what's going on with Derrick Henry. He's just like not involved. So maybe he had a long sit out this offseason and just hasn't warmed up. DeAndre Hopkins is good, just hasn't really like come around into the system. I mean, he's got 14 catches through three games, so moderately involved, but you know, we'll see. But I got I got to go with the Bengals, you know, they're a field goal favorite in this game, over under a 41. I could definitely see the under here as two good defenses, a struggling Tennessee offense and a Bengals offense is struggling. I'll take under 41. Bengals still win it by a field goal and eh, kind of what happened with the rams game 1916 I, I could see something like that again next rams at colts there you go speaking of the rams they're taking on the colts and who's actually going to be playing in this game jonathan taylor's still out uh deforest buckner's questionable for the colts ryan kelly their center is out bernard raymond offensive tackles out that's not good uh, Higby questionable, Cup still on IR. I think the Rams probably win because of just quarterback play, but eh, I don't know. The Colts, the Colts are kind of fun. I don't hate them. Uh, yeah, the Rams are not super banged up on offense. I don't know if Anthony Richardson is like healthy. He's been hit really hard a couple times and. It's messed things up for them. I mean, it looks like Richardson is good to go, but taking some big shots, I think he left the game, like, at least in the first game, he was out for a little bit with what looked like a shot to the head, so I don't know if he's got concussion issues or what, but he's got to learn to protect himself because he runs a little uh, haphazardly. But this game's even, so I'll take the Rams. Uh, I don't like the injuries along the Colts offensive line, especially when you're dealing with Aaron Donald on the other side. So... But I've seen a lot of scoring from these teams. Not a lot, a lot, but enough. I don't know. 45 is still kind of high, though. I'll take over 45, though. I should not trust my gut here. But we must continue. What's next? Bucks at Saints. Is it the Jameis Winston revenge game? Eh, I doubt it. He didn't really look great. Uh, the Bucks are 2-1. and one. You know, they lost to a good Eagles team, but... They, they're not bad. Uh, it's more about, like, whether they're not they're healthy. And you've already got Devin White questionable. Jamel Dean's out on this. Carlton Davis questionable. Derek Pitts, other corner, is out. Vita Vea questionable. But then the Saints, uh, Carr, I don't know if he's going to play or not. Moreau's questionable. Paulson Adebo, a corner, is out. Jordan Howden at safety's out. Cesar Ruiz is out. Uh, my instincts tell me that the Bucks defense is better and that's probably gonna be enough in this kind of game because uh, New Orleans probably should be 3-0 going into this and if that were the case I would pick the Bucks in the upset anyway um, but yeah with you know a lot of guys questionable on the defensive end it's gonna come down to like health as it kind of always does because you know that that Eagles game took a toll. Eagles were playing very physical in that game, and I think it showed up uh, in that 25-11 to 11 box score overall. And New Orleans is getting Kamara back, I think, for this game, though, so it should improve 
their overall offense, make things a little bit easier on Winston. Yeah, those injuries on the Tampa Bay defensive side have kind of like scared me off of Tampa, but uh, division game, I'll still take Tampa at plus three and a half. I will take the over at 40 and a half, but I will take the Saints to edge out a close game on the strength of the run. Okay, what's next? Commanders at Eagles. Well, this is a game that definitely the Eagles uh, should win, but Commanders beat them last season, surprisingly. I think it's one of Jalen Hurts' only uh, losses recently. I forgot what the number was. They showed some crazy number that he's like 16-1, and 19-1 and in his last 20 games or something like that. So, you know, the Eagles should win. I see why they're favored 75%. I think them winning by nine is a lot. Like, they beat Tampa by what was it 14 so against a team that's got a good defense it's a division rival uh i mean the eagles have given up fewer points but i i could see this game being a nine point game the eagles defense is good sam howell's gonna be under pressure if they shut down the run game with robinson which much to my fantasy dismay it'll force them to throw yeah you know what Nine's a lot in a division game, but it's in Philly, and I think the defense is going to just be a headache for Washington. I can't, I can't really put my finger on what exactly it is other than <laughs> the, the Eagles' defense is good, and uh, they're going to look to kind of grab this division uh, by the throat while they can since Dallas lost. It's going to be similar sort of to last year, but I don't know. Washington, I think, can be competitive, but I think just over time, the the offensive and defensive ability of the Eagles will show itself. And as long as they don't make any mistakes, they should probably win by nine, and I'll take the over of 43 on that. What is next? Vikings at Panthers somebody's O has got to go in this one and not in a good way. Both of these teams are 0-3. Is this going to be the Adam Thielen revenge game? I don't know. He's probably going to pile up, you know, a bunch of catches and first downs here. Uh, it looks like Andy Dalton is going to be playing in this game. Is that right? That can't be right. Andy. Why is he playing? No, Bryce Young's going to play, unless he lost the job already, but uh, Andy Dalton's just their passing leader. How is that possible? They've only been three games, but I guess, oh, wow, he did have one good game, so well, there it is. Uh, I mean, I would play Andy Dalton if they want a chance to win, so maybe they've arrived at that stage, but if that's the case, he should have just been playing from the beginning. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of that. They still have Young listed as the number one quarterback that said I think they will uh, still probably lose to the Vikings because the Vikings got to get on track sooner or later here and you know they finally got a, a solid sort of run game going last week Cousins is like one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now just based on numbers but they are throwing a lot in this offense and you know when you got Justin Jefferson out there still yeah I, I gotta think that at the very least that Minnesota is slightly better on both sides of the ball. I think they're way better on offense, but 
their defense has let them down yet again. They haven't been able to get this defense together the whole time that Cousins has been there. So they've kind of been just like paying him elite quarterback money and uh, waiting for him to get it done. But I, this experiment with him, I knew it was never going to work. They're, they're not winning a Super Bowl with this roster. So it's going to be whether or not they can fight to make the playoffs, get a win maybe. But uh, like they've already been usurped in this division by the Lions. So best case scenario, they give it one last hurrah and then they really get into their rebuild mode next year. But I don't think they're going to be uh, running it back with a lot of these guys next year. Something's got to give. But I'll take Minnesota at minus four. The Carolina defense just, you know, they got scorched by Seattle, gave up 37. So I think the Minnesota offense probably gets them decent. Over under a 46, I'll say over because Carolina can score two against a bad defense. And the Vikings have a bad defense. But Minnesota minus four, over 46 and a half. What's next? Steelers at Texans. Well, this is a game that I, you know, on paper, I think the Steelers would win easily, but the Texans showed up last week and they beat the Jags. So was it the Jags sort of overlooking their division rival or are the Texans for real is the question. I don't think the answer to that's ever going to be yes, but maybe sooner or later. Denzel Perriman's out. Josh Jones out. Laramie Tunstall's out. So it's a lot of guys out along. Uh, you got two guys out along the offensive line. Your center is questionable. And then you got Watt on the other side of the ball. Like, ugh. That's, that's not good. When your offensive line is hurt and you got, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, TJ Watt, Montrevious Adams on the other side, Quan Alexander, Alex Highsmith, I think the Steelers' defense is going to just be able to force the turnovers, get the job done, be a nuisance, do what they do. So I think, like, even if Texas, the, even if the Texans play well, I still think it's it's a long road for them to to get a W in this, even at home. Steelers by three seems reasonable, um, and if their defense plays well, under 42 makes sense, but it's so low. I don't want to see an under 42 game between these two, but, you know, the Texans just put up 37. We'll say over 42. Maybe they get there, but I could see this being a, an ugly defensive squanch. What's next? Raiders at Chargers. Well, this is a game where it's a question of who do I trust the least. Chargers are at home. Both teams are one and two. I feel like the Chargers are better though. Um, Jimmy just has not played well. Even if he plays and he's coming out of concussion protocol. Uh, looks like Corey Lindsley's out, JT Woods is out, Bosa's doubtful. Derwin James, doubtful. So the Chargers are not at 100%, uh, but neither are uh, the Raiders. Looks like Jimmy's not playing. He's listed as out here, so he's got to hope that that is uh, the case. Maybe that changes, but, you know, all things being equal across the board with injuries, even with Mike Williams out, I would say the Chargers are the better team here. Unless Josh Jacobs you know, finds his stride and has a sort of just dominant signature kind of performance. You look at the Chargers, like they lost by two to Miami in a shootout. They lost by three to Tennessee in overtime. So all their games have been close. They scored a lot of points in all those. And then the Raiders eked out a one-point win over a shitty Denver team, got obliterated by the Bills, and then lost to the Steelers. 
So I really don't think that this Vegas team that's only scored 45 points on the season uh, is in great shape for this one. So Chargers by six, uh, over under 48 to mid-level defenses. I'm going to say under 48. Chargers win, cover the six. What's next? Patriots at Cowboys. Well, in theory, you think Dallas would win this one. They're at home. They just lost a game that they should have won. So I'm sure they're not really thrilled with that outcome. I think they probably do bounce back. But I don't know. They they don't look they did not look great after being what I would say was like the most impressive team through the first couple of weeks. Like they just looked like shit in that Arizona game and uh, their center is questionable. Their right guard is questionable. Tyron Smith is out at left tackle. So, I mean, the Patriots are solid is what I'll say. Like, even though they're not good, uh, they're solid. And the Dallas defense, I think, is going to have to have a sort of rebound performance here after last week. And I think the Patriots can, like, be a sort of a thorn in their side in this game. But eventually... I think Dallas's talent is going to end up uh, showing through. And pressure on Mac Jones, I think, will probably create some turnovers. Dallas by six? Yeah, I could see Dallas winning this by six. And, you know, maybe, I don't know. New England scored 20 against Philly. They scored 17 against Miami. They scored 15 against the Jets. So even against the worst defense they played, they only scored... 17 yeah that ain't good so if i could pencil in dallas for 28 17 that puts us right there at 45 so um dallas covers the six and it's under 43 and a half what's next cardinals at 49ers well i know arizona is riding high after picking up a win over the Cowboys, but this ain't the Cowboys. Niners defense is, uh, yeah, they're better than the Cowboys defense. Cowboys defense is faster. Niners defense is better. You know, they're giving up 53 yards on the ground every game. So Arizona's not going to be able to lean on the run game to do damage. Uh, You know, they, they might be able to scheme some things to sort of like get uh, Bosa out of it, but I don't know. It's, it seems like a really tall order, especially uh, when you look at just points in these games. Yeah, they beat Dallas. They scored 28, but they blew a 28-point lead to the Giants. They only scored 16 against Washington. Niners are consistent. 14 points, though. Division game? I'll take Arizona to cover the 14. And then we'll say... Uh, Mm, 43 and a half again. They like this number. These odds makers and their spreads. Uh, Niners win. Arizona covers 14. And we go under 43 and a half. What's next? Chiefs at Jets. That's a sad 1.65% chance to win against the Chiefs. 
with T-Swift in the house again? Well, all eyes are going to be on the Meadowlands because of Taylor Swift, but I mean, ESPN has this matchup at 74 to 25, which is shocking. I don't, you know, I don't think the Jets have a 25% chance to win this game unless something crazy happens, but you just look, they scored 10 against Dallas, 10 against New England. They scored 22, uh, but one of those was a special team score. So they really scored 16 on offense against the Bills. Like this Jets team with Zach Wilson does not score. Uh, even if their defense plays at the elite level that they can, I think it's going to be really hard for them to win this game. Chiefs by eight and a half, under 41 and a half. Excuse me. Uh, I'm good with that. What's next? Seahawks at Giants. That's right. Monday night football. Seahawks two and one go on the road, take on the Giants one and two at the Meadowlands. No Taylor Swift for this one, but get a Sunday night game and a Monday night game. Uh, Saquon is out for this one. Andrew Thomas out for the Giants. Cross the ball. Kobe Bryant, cornerback, is out. Charles Cross, doubtful. Sorry, Kobe is doubtful. Artie Burns, out. Uh, Seattle can score. I'll give them that. You know, they they beat Detroit. That says a lot. Uh, they scored 37 again against Carolina. So I know that they can score. But you're also playing those two teams who have really crap defenses. And uh, the Giants have a better defense than that. This is still a tough game for the Giants to win, especially with Saquon out. Uh, They're going to have to find a way to minimize Walker, force Geno to win this game. This, this is a tough one. I mean, the Giants have had a rough schedule so far, getting obliterated by the Cowboys. It's like, okay, you learn right out of the gates that Dallas is the top of your division, or at least uh, you're not at the top of your division. Then they come back from, I think, 20 nothing down to beat Arizona 31-28. Great comeback, and then, you know, brought back to earth, scoring 12 against the San Francisco team. It's really good. Uh, San Francisco defense a lot better than Seattle. This is a game that I would say the Seahawks are probably supposed to win, but the Giants aren't bad. I think the Giants are well coached. I like Dable. Uh, I think even with some of the pieces missing, they can win this game, uh, especially some of the defensive pieces for Seattle being out. So I don't know. I want to take the Giants. I mean, look at Seattle. You got Noah Fan is questionable. Disley's questionable. Charles Cross, doubtful. Evan Brown at center, questionable. So they're dinged up at a lot of positions, uh, which is not going to make their defense any better. So they're going to have to sort of play this one like it's a track meet. Seattle favored by one and a half on the road. Uh, I, I'll take the Giants to cover at plus one and a half. I'll take the Giants to win uh, straight up. And I think over a 47 makes sense with these two teams. And that's Monday Night Football. But... We've arrived at the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's late. Uh, you may not even get to this before that London game starts, but if you do, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So uh, let's get through Rid's picks, and uh, we'll get out of here. Rid's picks. Well, she went against the grain and took the Lions on the road, so she started with a win. Uh, she's also going a lot of road teams this week. I don't know what happened. She's going Falcons, Dolphins. Sorry, Falcons over the Jags, Dolphins over the Bills, Browns over the Bears, Ravens over the Browns, 
And it's not until she takes the Titans over the Bengals in Tennessee that she took a home team, and then she went home. Uh, Colts over the Rams, Saints over the Bucks. She pivots back to the road, wants the Commanders in an upset. Then she goes back to home teams, takes the Panthers over the Vikings, the Texans over the Steelers, and then goes back on the road to take the Raiders over the Chargers, the Pats over the Cowboys, the Cards over the 49ers, the Chiefs over the Jets, and she closes it out with the Seahawks over the Giants on Monday Night Football. What have you got for us, Ben? Happy Football Sunday. Happy Football Sunday, indeed. If you're getting up to watch the London game, it's probably too late for you to hear this. But anyway, take care, everybody. Be well. Stay safe. Enjoy Sunday football. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. I do appreciate it. And I do believe that word of mouth is still the best way to help. So if you liked what you heard, then please tell somebody. But otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff helps too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com. And you can contact me at nick at thescheiss.com or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills. <laughs>